Welcome to Transcending Workspace, where we talk with leaders of organizations managing the greatest rate of change in human history. I'm Matt Watson, VP of Development with Apex Facility Resources, an integrated services company that delivers and manages workspace change for clients of all sizes. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Bolj Askenazi is the CEO and founder of Simply Augmented. Founded in 2017, Simply Augmented helps brands navigate the world of Web3 and establish a foothold in the metaverse. Over the years, Simply Augmented has worked for innovative brands around the world, including Nike, Herman Miller, REI, Target, The Hundreds, Diamond Supply Company, and Fred Siegel. Boaz is a member and has co-chaired the Cronus 3D Commerce Working Group, helping set the standard for streamlined 3D content creation, management, and display in online retail. Prior to Simply Augmented, Boaz was a founding partner in Studio 216 and an architect at the Miller Hall Group Partnership. Ian here in Seattle. Welcome, Boaz. Hey, thanks. It's great to be here. So super excited to have you, man, because not only are you a good friend, but I, I'm intrigued with your background because you came out of college as an architect. Yeah. You're going to go build stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I moved to Seattle from Los Angeles to study architecture, and and I graduated from the University of Washington, and I practiced architecture in Seattle for several years. But it was a time, this was in 2000, that, uh, that 3D was just coming up in the architecture profession. When I was in school, they taught me how to draw with pen and ink and, and pencils, and when I graduated, things like MicroStation and SketchUp and Revit was just coming into play. And so I got really deep into 3D in the early days of my architectural practice and then decided to start a company that was focused on commercial real estate and architecture. And uh, in 2005, started that company. And by 2008, all of a sudden, you started to see virtual reality headsets come into market and augmented reality headsets come into market. So we got caught up in all of that. Yeah, 216 was really uh, a leader in our market. Uh, I remember going in and you helping, you know, giving me the download keys to some of the spaces that you created for renovated uh, lobbies, um, potentially space configurations for leasing. Or listing full floors of of available space and and you you would have rendered images of Everything from furniture, social areas, break room areas, in the lobby it was just amazing. We'd stand on a on a on a circle, and we could look in our phone and just do a three sixty and see the new space. So, just a break. I think I thought a just brilliant way to demonstrate, you know, and show space. Yeah, you know, visualizing architecture and and commercial real estate is a really powerful way to to sell space, but also to sell items. You know, the second company that I that I founded was focused on products. And we worked with uh, Herman Miller on a bunch of office furniture. Um, We'd worked with Target on a bunch of home decor. And as augmented reality came into play, it wasn't just about using your mobile device to visualize a a space by spinning around, but now you could drop those items in your real environment and see what they looked like at scale in your own space. So now we have the option to do both. And another amazing tool you, you, uh, designed to work through a phone. So, you know, yeah. we'd be standing in my showroom in Seattle and we'd be looking at a piece of furniture sitting in the, in the, you know, in the lobby area. 
I mean, you could just literally drop stuff, which was, exactly. you know, crazy for the day. I mean, and still is today to, in my mind. And, and for us, visualization is so vital to helping people understand what workspace can be for them because it's really hard, you know, for the, yeah. for the client to see that. Yeah. Well, now we have the option, you know, to look at it on our desktop, on our mm-hmm. phone. Right. Now with, with Oculus Quest, you know, on headsets, on, you know, HoloLens and inside augmented reality headsets. You know, as yeah. the years have gone by, it's opened up a lot of possibilities for us. And, you know, there's still a lot of folks that don't own headsets, but you're starting to see, especially in the architecture and general contracting profession, it's a lot more common for them to show design configurations uh, inside headsets and on desktops. And it's, it's very kind of cross-platform now. Well, and, you know, as you and I talk, you know, you know, sometimes I feel like you're speaking a, another language. You know, because this whole Web3 and the metaverse, I guess it kind of reminds me of the start of the Internet back in the 90s. I mean, it, it yeah. feels the same way. It feels like there's new um, words to learn, new, new, new things to understand, new concepts to conceive, um, so to speak. And, and you know, uh, in the furniture industry and selling commercial interiors and delivering and installing commercial interiors, I'm fascinated by the fact that this new metaverse is going to probably be more prominent for retail uh, to start with, you know, and, and mm-hmm. al- already they talk about the Gen Z and the, the following generation, my grandchildren's generation being totally digitally, um, you know, accepted generations. They've totally yeah. lived in my, my son has played in these games, you know, the, the, uh, warfare games and so forth yep. since he was you know 10 or 11 and so he's lived in the digital world he's jumping out of airplanes he's flying helicopters he's you know doing all totally. these things in the virtual world and um, those generations are just uh, accustomed to it now and i think it's it, you can't stop it it's something yeah. that's coming and um so let's talk about a little bit about the fascinating i mean you were telling me about the things you were working on at, you know at simply augmented now which has come, come so far and, and evolved so much and changed so much. And this is a show about change. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how, you know, you've evolved from, you know, basically working with augmented reality to show furniture and now in, in two, at 216, you know, yeah. virtualizing space to where you are now. Yeah. So it's, it's been interesting. You know, we, I've, I've been in the 3d world for 20 years. And so I, I understand the process, the technical process about 3d and, I've explored lots of different platforms, but when the pandemic hit, everything changed. And so obviously, you know, we immediately went to platforms like Zoom to be able to communicate. Right, right. But during that time, I was really interested in understanding, well, what's going to be the 3D play? You know, we're all, we have video on our screens and we're talking to each other now, but what's what's it going to be like in 3D? And what was kind of interesting for me at that time was during that year, a lot of folks in the Bitcoin and Ethereum camps were trying to figure out what to do. And NFTs were kind of a product of, of that time. They, they didn't start at that time, but they got really popular. And we saw a lot of 2D NFT drops that year. There was some famous artwork that sold for lots of money. People started to spend money. On, on digital assets. And what's interesting about crypto and about 
what's happening in that space is it was kind of the first time that you could actually own and prove ownership of a digital asset. And that was significant. And so the metaverse has been going, has been around for a while. You know, when I first started my practice many years ago, there was this thing called Second Life. I don't know if you remember Second yeah. Life. Yeah. So Second Life was a was a metaverse with a currency and a lot of users. Yeah. And so the only difference was, and the only difference between Second Life at the time and games like like World of Warcraft and you know games like uh, like Roblox and things is that you you owned it inside the game and there was currency inside the game but it wasn't interoperable you couldn't yeah. take those items and sell them on, an, on a, in a marketplace and that that all changed with this and why it's interesting to me is that we've gotten involved in a lot of projects that involve digital wearables with big streetwear companies that actually sell physical clothing right you know and now they have a, a digital representation of their physical clothing that you can buy the physical good, you can buy the digital good, right. you can resell the digital good. There's a marketplace for those digital goods and you can prove ownership. And so I think that's what's really changed. And as you think about these metaverses, and what, what are they going to look like in the future? I think there is going to be a consumer social metaverse. Yes. And I think there's going to be a workplace metaverse as well. Wow. It's, it's not going to be weird for you to meet your clients and you're going to dress up, you know, it's yeah. going to be... Friday casual in your metaverse. I'm hearing saying casual, by the way, as you can tell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people are going to make choices about how they want to present themselves when they go to work in the metaverse and when they go hang out in the metaverse. Right. So, so 54, just a little statistical data here, and we're going to talk about some of these terms we're using, but 54 billion is spent in virtual goods currently, which is double the spend on music. This is today. Um, so, yes, the pandemic did accelerate the digitization of our lives, which is also another kick in the butt that this whole two-year span has had. Um, decentralized autonomous organization, that's one word I want you to explain to me. Interoperability, you have already mentioned, which is the yeah. cross-virtual world interconnections, right? Yep. Yeah, we could talk more about that, too. So, so, the, and, so the DAOs... Uh, yeah decentralized autonomous organizations, you really need to think about them as, as companies, right? As like yes. the, the web three company and, right. and they function in lots of different ways. Sometimes people come together and they pool money yep. to purchase things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do as individuals. And oftentimes there's voting involved. That's a little bit more cooperative than you would typically see in an organization where, Ultimately, the board votes yeah. make the decisions, and so it's it's a really it's really interesting. I think there's a lot of groups that are exploring in these early days what it means to be a DAO, and yeah. what are the efficient parts of being a cooperative and not a centralized organization. But um, it, it's really interesting, and there's a lot of cool stuff that's that's getting done. Uh, in terms of the interoperability. We're still also early days on that, but here's the vision. The vision is, is that in the digital world, you have a backpack and in that backpack are your clothing and your items and all the things that you want to carry with you. And it doesn't matter where you go. You can go from game to game. You can go from world to world, but you can use your stuff. That, that you in, involve the world. Mm -hmm. 
in right? all the worlds that you own. And and they haven't quite made them all connected though yet, have they? No. Mm-mm. See, that's the no. other thing I'm I'm looking at going. It seems like everybody has a fiefdom here, you know. And a lot of these, yeah. you know, and what what kind of got me inspired just getting ready for our chat today was this BizNow article. It's the first um, basic survey that they put out about the metaverse within the commercial real estate community. And in November, Tokens.com acquired a 116 parcel estate in Fashion Street District of Decentraland um, via a new subsidiary, Metaverse Group. It paid 618 mana, an Ethereum-based token used as currency in Decentraland, for a deal for the deal, which is roughly converting to about two four two point four million bucks. Yep, yep. This is commercial yeah. real estate starting to edge into the metaverse. Yeah, big yeah. time. And it was real money. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm working in yeah in a lot of these neighborhoods right now and thinking about building retail in those neighborhoods that might lease that retail to these owners of land. And so you just think right. about it like think about it like commercial real estate. These guys are buying up 250 parcels, 300 parcels. These parcels are 16 meter by 16 meters. So they're, you know, they're the size of a small, you know, store. Yeah. And uh, you have height limits, right? Like there's, you know, 20 meter height limits. I mean, it's all the same. And then you think about that parcel size and what that would cost over the year to lease that land. And there's people that are excited about coming into these neighborhoods and, they're more excited about coming into neighborhoods where there's cool venues adjacent to yeah, them, just like what, in real life. Location, blew, location, location. What's blowing my mind is when Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley both reported that they see $8 trillion worth of opportunity in the space. And major institutional investors like BlackRock are looking at getting into the sector in a bigger way. You know, I mean, yes. this is eight with a T trillion. Yeah, it's going to be a huge, huge space. And and I think there's a lot of parallels to the way that we think about property in real life. It's just that the numbers of people that are there now are small. The daily active users yeah. are small, but yeah. they're growing really fast. And I think that's why they're looking at those big numbers because they understand that, you know, you brought up your son before a lot of people play games and they play games to socialize with their friends. And so they oh, don't go on screaming. the call screaming in the middle yeah. of like at 11 o'clock at night, screaming at the guys on the, on the game. Right. right. <laughs> and what's funny to me is they don't go on to zoom to have happy hours. Like adults yeah. do. They go play games so that they can hang yeah. out and talk and, and they can do fun things together. And that's the thing about these worlds. I think that, that I've learned over the last few years about what is sticky and what brings people back. Yeah. There's a yep. lot of uh, you know fashion release parties that I've gone to recently where we're dropping clothes for people and they have a party and there's like a, a venue where people are dancing and there's music and it's pure social and it's fun for a minute, but then it gets old really fast. And what you're seeing now, there's a concept in the metaverse called play to earn games, play to earn. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really taking off. And the reason why is that they're seeing that that's what brings people back. You know, it's one thing yeah. to have a new user come in for the first time and buy some digital wearables and go to a party, but to get them back, there needs to be something fun to do. Yeah, and gamification is nothing new. I mean, the airlines do it, Nordstrom does it. I mean, exactly. retail has figured that out. And so, outside of gaming, you know, the 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 early ops in is probably retail, hospitality, 
meetings and events as, yep. as far as what you're seeing. Is there anybody else that you see out there that's going to be jumping in on this opportunity? Uh, I mean, uh, it's funny. Uh, Tokens.com just built a headquarters in Decentraland. And I noticed that there was a lot of professional services that were talking to them about getting space in their mm-hmm. tower. They built a tower. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I guess that goes to meetings, but maybe on a smaller scale, not on the convention center sized meetings. But yeah, you're starting to see a lot of businesses think about, well, I, you know, I need a, a presence. I need a right. space and I'm going to meet people. And, you know, and, and it might not be a pure sale, like I'm going to a store to go shopping, but it's still a, a business transaction, a kind of business meeting. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not a digital native now, which you clearly are an older g- digital native, by the way, I don't mean to be, you know, but <laughs> reality is it's probably 21 and under are true digital natives. I know my older kids are probably more digitally native than I am, but, um, you know, my wife and I were just looking at each other last night going, Oh my God, you know, this whole, this is a scary, but also a very exciting time, you know? And it's also, we were also shaking our head of of the politics and everything going on in the day. And just the fact that change and this show is about, you know, the rate of change and how it's influencing, impacting, um, you know, people's lives, that there's just no way of turning the clock back. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen. And so we all need, need to really start taking this stuff in and figuring it out. So big question. How do you see, I guess at this point, how do you see the metaverse changing what people are calling the human condition? Because it, that's a big yeah. conversation right now. It is a big conversation. I I have mixed feelings about it. You know, there's a lot yeah. of people that have dystopian ideas about what a metaverse is going to look like when we all have our headsets on, and that's the only way that we communicate. Yeah, I, I think that I hope that there is a relationship to the real world in all of this. And when I think about the products that we're dealing with, they definitely are. Most of them are are digital. You know, there's a physical and a digital aspect to both, and I yeah. hope it stays that way. Because I, I, I think there's definitely going to be elements of pure uh, digital environments and pure digital experiences and wearables and such. But I, I think that, that we need to kind of have a relationship to the real world in order for this to, to really be sustainable. Yeah. I mean, going and doing paintball together is, very, is the real world version of you know, playing in these games together. So yeah. and you're right. I mean, I, mean I, love, I love to fly fish. So... I don't think I'll be digitally fly fishing anymore. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> a different, such a, different feeling. It's such a natural conditions and, you know, stepping in the river is what I call river therapy. You know, it's kind of meditative yeah. and, and, and soothing to my soul just to be standing in a river with, you know, bald eagles flying over my head and hopefully yeah. trout or steelhead grabbing my, my line. So I, you know, I'm, I'm really intrigued now more than ever about, where all this is going and you know i'm seeing that you know these transactions are starting you know the first of its kind metaverse real estate deal venture capital firm took out thirty thousand dollar mortgage from a canadian technology firm terra zero last month to occupy space in decentraland which is yeah. un- unheard of and i think that a lot of the real estate people are so uncertain and one of the things they talk about is scarcity yes with no scarcity how can you have value and others counter that argument saying, hey, you have hundreds of hotels. You mm-hmm. know, there's no scarcity there. 
So you then start choosing brands. So I guess it's really about establishing brand first, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And the same I mean, thing staking a claim of brand in that whole yeah. Yeah, and there's neighborhoods now where brands are kind of coming together to have their shops adjacent to each other, and uh, and that matters. You know, people yeah. want to be around, you know, the brands that they care about. So that's what I was wondering about adjacencies. You know, I mean, obviously in the commercial furniture world, we could probably have a stake in there, but we are also a services firm. So it's kind of like I don't know. I could probably see myself in 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 a, in a showroom scenario there, which yeah. which would give my clients the you know, virtual showroom experience, which you and I've talked about before. Yep. But um, at the same time, I'm also wondering about these adjacencies and how do you, I mean, that stuff hasn't been sorted out yet. It doesn't seem. Yeah, it's getting sorted out right now. I mean, I think that there are fashion districts. There are. um, Like design center. Yeah, it's like a design center, you know, and for different things, right? There's fashion districts for clothing. There's, there's going to be design center districts like the mart for you know for different kinds of uh, you know decor and furniture and you know you name it and i i think there's a lot of energy in the luxury goods and the uh, the fashion world but also in the design world about coming together and having these adjacencies with you know cultural adjacent adjacencies i would say so to somebody like me who you know we're just a mid-market company uh, we do business with all kinds of companies, both enterprise level as well as startups and you know newly funded uh, tech companies mostly, but uh, many you know all across the spectrum of all professional services. How would you? What would your advice be for somebody like me in, in our business and saying, "How you know, I, I, I kind of feel like I, I don't want to miss the boat, but at the same time, I don't know what the heck I should be doing." And this whole digital currency is a is a mystery to me and i hear all about you know how these things fluctuate you know that commercial where the guy goes i'm a millionaire oh no i'm not a millionaire i'm a millionaire <laughs> so i you know how what's your coaching what do you how do you how would you coach a guy like me you yeah, know i would say eight year old guy yeah i would say you know age is not the issue for me it's just kind of being new to a very right. very new space and you know i experience this a lot we uh, we work for a brand called the hundreds and it's run by two guys, Bobby and Ben, and they've been around for a really long time. And they are—they're my age too. And but they have been in the streetwear space from the beginning. They're kind of OG streetwear guys. And Bobby and Ben went head first into crypto and into NFTs, and they were one of the first streetwear brands to do so. What was interesting about that market was that a lot of folks were used to buying sneakers flipping sneakers. There was this culture of reselling, but nobody knew about the technology. And what was so interesting about the way that they brought their community in, which is a lot of people of color, a lot of younger people, is that education was a huge part of the way that they onboarded. Videos teaching people how to get the wallets that you needed so that you could purchase things, Uh, how to get into metaverses, and really like very, very simple ways of getting involved. And so it's been pretty cool to see folks that normally are not what you would consider your typical tech nerd getting into these environments and really forming strong communities with each other. Interesting. And I think that uh, that's the part that I think is interesting about Web3 is it's much more community-based 
than the social web two platforms that we're used to. So my advice would be get involved in and learn a little bit about some of these communities, get go into Decentraland and understand what it's like to move through a metaverse. You don't have to spend a lot of money or have a start? lot of How do you start? How do you go into Decentraland? Yeah. So the, uh, if you go to Decentraland, for example, you can go to Decentraland.org and it's, there's a lot of, uh, very simple tutorials for how to get in. You need a MetaMask wallet uh, to ultimately purchase things in Decentraland, but you can also just go in as a guest and explore. You don't really need to have anything in your wallet. Hey, you're done my dog. <laughs> I think that's yours. Oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so I think that, uh, yeah, I would explore Decentraland as a guest. And if you want to take the next step, I would get a crypto wallet, like a MetaMask wallet, where you can... Right put a little bit of money in there and start exploring the marketplaces. But um, yeah, that would be a, that would be a start. Well, I'm so sorry about the dogs. They were supposed to be in their pen. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, it's been a journey so far and um, this meta, this, uh, this wallet creation and, and how, you know, I have a friend who download who is, trying to get me to download an app to start with digital currency. Would you recommend yeah. something like that as well? Uh, what is he, what has he recommended to you? Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was one that he had started using and it kind of trades in digital currency. Yeah. The trading, uh, the exchanges, like the most famous one that most people used is Coinbase. Yeah. Maybe that's the one. Yeah. So Coinbase is kind of a good starting point for a lot of people. They're coming out with their own wallet soon. Um, that's going to you know, allow you to be able to purchase NFTs. Um, and so I think that's a good place to start. Coinbase and MetaMask are the most popular, but there's other ones too, like Rainbow Wallet and, um, and Voyager Digital. And there's, there's other, there's lots of other exchanges and wallets that you can use. Got it. Well, with the dogs going crazy, I think we've covered a lot today. I really appreciate, um, your input on this. I want to, you know, revisit this stuff with you because it's changing so fast and, yeah, and everything's moving, you know, in this world, it's kind of expedited. I mean, our own world is crazy change, but this has expedited crazy change. And I hope to have you back to talk about yeah, I would love these to. things, because I'm, I'm just now just the tip of the iceberg. I just started looking into this and started being fascinated by all the things that are going on and the opportunities that seem to be there. So, yeah. And there's some to- very, there's some very big players in the space that are accelerating things very, very fast. And so I think next time we get together and talk. We'll see a lot of interesting changes. Yeah, happy to, happy to. Well, thanks again, Boaz. As always, it's great to see you. Yeah, thank you. And Wonderful talking to you. You bet. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Transcending Workspace. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe to our channel. Visit apexfacility.com for more information about how we can help you build an adaptive workspace.